the Kazabru Show! Yeah! Art thou ready, Kaz? Thou is... <laughs> is hearth... readieth. That's Shakespeare for you, kids. That, that's why he made a ton of money. <laughs> Did that guy make a ton of money? I don't... I never cut to that part in Shakespeare class. Yeah, I don't know if he was just a, a poor artist that was finally appreciated a couple hundred years after he died or what. I really don't know the deal with him. All I know is we were forced to read Shakespeare in school when we should have just watched the play because it's a play and it's supposed to be watched, not read. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, welcome to the Cos and Brew Show. Uh, as usual, it's been a while. How you doing, Cos? Oh, uh, you know, I'm living that dream, just living in a b-ball utopia full of twists and turns. Twists and turns, yes. Twists and turns in the b-ball utopia. Hey, speaking of twists and turns, I've got a fun announcement for everybody. What's that? <laughs> What's that, you say, Brew? We are no longer hoopball. No Ta-da. more hoopball. Yeah, there's no more hoopball, dude. Done. Done. This is our, we're saying goodbye to you all. It was nice knowing you. See you later. <laughs> uh, no, actually, we, the, the announcement will be tomorrow, but, you know, it's the Cos and Brew Show. Like, this is the hardcore of the hardcores right yeah. here. And uh, we would like to reward that by giving you a little insider information, a little wo- woge bomb for y'all. Um, we are changing to Sports Ethos. And uh, you might have noticed, too, if you're on the website, that you're not at Hoopball. We just magically whisked you away to Sports Ethos, the, uh, the next iteration of Hoopball, which is basically we all got together and we decided that it wasn't just enough to be a basketball behemoth, dominant force in the industry, whatnot, and that we needed to do it across all sports. So, uh nice. That's, uh, I mean, and, and I'm obviously having fun with that, but like, this has been this massive undertaking by all sorts of folks. And it's just sort of a recogni- uh, recognition for um, the fact that the formula over here works. And so we have been approached by various people in different spheres, whether we're talking, you know, on the business side, but, um, you know, even just on the contributor side and, and we all got together and thought, Hey, this is, this is actually the time to do this. And so sports ethos was born and you will be seeing all sorts of sports ethos stuff going on, on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and on the site. And that's pretty much that. But, um, so it's exciting times around here. And then other than that, the NBA has got a month under its belt cause a it, month. It's, it's, it's kind of crazy. Um, I don't want to, I don't know that there are like any tremendous surprises right now, uh, amongst the, uh, you know, I guess the, the landscape at large, um, what we're going to cover here in this show today is the Warriors and the Nets, uh, they just played the other night. I didn't get all fired up about that game. Um, What'd you say? I didn't get all fired up about that game, uh, uh, Warriors-Nets, because it's so early in the year. 
I'm I, I kind of I'm not ready to take the Nets seriously until I know what's happening with Kyrie Irving. Um, uh-huh. Maybe that's lazy of me because <laughs> whatever's going to happen is going to happen down the road. And it just feels like this doesn't even apply, um, you know, what's going on with the Nets right now. But we're going to talk about them because there's definitely stuff to talk about. And um, it was it was really cool that you sent me this topic that um, we're going to cover as well. It's Minnesota. And I just happened to watch them last night really closely. And I definitely have thoughts there. But the question is, is should Minnesota move on from Carl Anthony Towns? And I think it's a really good question or keep him and establish Anthony Edwards as the number one was the second half of your question. There's a lot there. Um, Anthony Edwards has been on the radar as an emerging talent in the NBA ever since he got into the league. Um, but it's just such a really good question. And I, and I think Carl Anthony Towns has been held in such high esteem around the league. I want to say two, three, four years ago, he was the guy that GMs voted they would build their team around. Right. Um, under so under some arbitrary age, yeah, he was the number he was the number one guy. GM survey. Yeah, and 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 other than that, if we have time, we'll we'll take a look at. Uh, I, I noticed you wanted to talk about Jokic and Morris, and 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 I always love to talk about Jokic and Morris. So uh, I would love to get your thoughts there. Um, and then the top seventy-five list. I know a lot of people have done. We're not going to go deep on that, but I have not had an outlet to gripe. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Nor have I had time to gripe. So I would like to, at least if we can, I would like to point at a name on the list and then gripe. Okay. So uh, you, can, you will be able to. Good, good. Because, I mean, the idea of that, you would do this even to me was kind of weird. Like that, what? That, that the NBA would try to put together this list. Like, I just, I don't know. I feel like it's a dumb assignment. <laughs> like, yeah, it was dumb the first time. It was dumb for 50. It's dumb now, and it's uh, – yeah, we'll get to it. We'll get yeah, to we'll, it. Yeah, we'll gripe at the end, but, like, it, I just thought, like, why are you doing this? And also, like, I always laugh when these lists get put together. It's like, who's putting together these lists? Like, do they even have a good basketball opinion, every like, every once in a while? Or yeah. are they just been around a long time and therefore, you know – they're like a top reporter in the league, so you're going to give this guy, you know, a vote or something. I don't know. Anyway, um, well, let's let's jump into this cause because it's been a while, and we'll, we'll probably you know riff on a bunch of stuff here. Um, the Warriors and the Nets did play, <clears throat> and the Nets lost, and there was a lot of um, complaining about that. Uh, Stephen A. Holy moly, Stephen A. Did you catch Stephen A. And I, I tried everything in my power not to catch Stephen A talk about anything. So I, I did miss that. But. Can, can I just say from a pure performance art standpoint that it was like, it's, it was its own genre of just total hilariousness. It, I mean, it's, he, he's totally full of it. I mean, don't get me wrong. And then we're not breaking any news with that, but he basically went off on Kyrie and said he had, betrayed Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant should ask for a trade, but I, I, I mean, it's noteworthy. I think there's a trend in the world that the, the best and only way to get ahead is to communicate like you're in a WWE promo. Right. Absolutely. 
I mean, am I getting, I feel like that's like everything. You want to be the president? <laughs> Communicate like the WWE promo. You want to do this? WWE <laughs> promo. Uh, anyway, the, his, his, his pitch is that Kyrie is letting down Kevin Durant. Um, these games don't matter right now. Like the Warriors versus the Nets. Do we, I mean, we don't care about too much here. Or do you have, did, was there anything you pulled out of the game itself that you felt well, was valuable? Because otherwise I feel like these two teams are, are the two teams to be breaking down right now when you're looking at championship odds. Uh, yeah, I thought I thought it was actually fairly important, as as important as a game this early can be. I thought that, you know, the Warriors kind of want to make a stamp. I mean, you could argue that they haven't really played the toughest schedule to get to this best record in the league. Um, the Nets have been playing uh, pretty well the couple of games going into it, and the very the first you know probably quarter and a half. I mean, from the very beginning, you could tell that both teams, like, wanted to make a statement. So when that when a game is this early with, you know, it's not like our opening game, like, the you know, game, uh, season opener or something where basically you're kind of learning and they try to pit two really good teams against each other and there's really nothing. This is, you know, we've, we've played a little bit. Uh, teams are settling into their role with their rosters. And they both clearly brought um, – you know, somewhat of a playoff intensity to this game. Um, so it was, it was very interesting. I, you know, the Nets are really in trouble. <laughs> you know, I don't know that, um, I don't think that they, that Kyrie would have, you know, helped them win this game. I mean, it probably would have been closer, but they are, if you're playing top tier defensive teams, and you're really relying on James Harden with the rule change. Mm. You're you're in trouble because is he, he in I mean, trouble? This this is and this was one of his better games. I mean, he still got to the I think he got to the line like you know nine nine times or something like that. So it was he he did a, a, a better job than he's been doing of getting to the line. But they really were at a loss. I mean, they're, they really went to the, like, Blake Griffin, LaMarcus Aldridge chucking threes as real. I mean, it was that's, – that's what they had to do. And if that's your plan because you can't your, – your guy who's supposed to be all world can't get anything going because no one's, you know, giving him free throws, it's, it's going to be a tough run for them. I, I wouldn't. I didn't think that it was going to be that difficult for them to produce offense, even against a good team when you have Kevin Durant and James Harden. But James Harden is just really this 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 rule change isn't working. For I, I think it's great. I mean, and I know that's the easy take here, but like it's just great to watch him struggle after so much theft. <laughs> it's just great, right? Like this guy. His whole career, I mean, I just remember Scott Brooks used to bench him for trying to kick his leg out on threes. And yeah. this has been a staple of his career. And everybody's hated it the entire time. And to watch him struggle, I don't know. It's <laughs> I get joy out of it. And that's bad. But, it, you know, it just, there was something not right about it. You know, Trey Young has sort of gotten out of, 
his early season struggles and, um, you know, things are different for him on the basketball court. Um, but he doesn't have the longevity of, of Harden stealing all those buckets. Um, right. So the other thing about that game or that potential series, which is looking really far down the road, I mean, there's some good teams in the West that could easily knock off the Warriors. Easily might not be the right word, but we'll just go with it right now because I don't think people recognize the Warriors as the favorite coming yeah, out of the West. Yeah, easily is. I mean, I've, I've got to see them a couple of times, and um, they're they're going to be a really really. I mean, well, I mean, well, well it's, this it's, is this team is beyond athletic. Like, they're, they're far more athletic than any championship team they have. I mean, it's not even it's not even close. When you're talking about when Wiseman comes back, I mean, have when you're if you're going to be able to throw a athletic front line of of Wiseman, Kaminga, and Wiggins, I mean, good luck doing anything offensively without having like some hand coming out of nowhere. I mean, they're just long and fast, and Steph is just playing out of his mind. But it's not like this is the most patient I think I've ever seen him. He's really, really, really picking spots more than I've ever, ever seen him do. Um, I think he's passing the ball a lot better. I don't know if the assist numbers are um, reflective of that, but he is definitely passing the ball and seems to trust his teammates and the fact that he's going to get the ball back. Um, it just, this really looks like, and Poole, I mean, I would have never thought that he was going to be that as good of a, like, uh, combo guard, you know, like he can legitimately in their system legitimately play point guard for a lot of minutes, which really just ups the defensive level, you know, when when stuff's going to go to the bench. So I, this is uh, the league should be concerned. There, there's so much there to unpack. Um, I'm tempted to go back to the net side because I think like it's funny, like we're both excited, right? Like you, when you see something that's a little bit new and different and game changing. And especially when I don't think people are talking about it as much because they really didn't have the warriors at the top of their list at the beginning of the season. I I mean, it's easy to talk about the warriors as a, as a contender to to some degree because of the dynasty, but the, the, the formula is working like the Jordan pool piece, especially because he's such a dangerous scorer. You've, You've taken that pressure off of Steph he almost is playing like Steph in, in so many respects with how he's trying to get open. So he fits that system. Uh, Wiggins, like the, the, the learning curve of being in golden state has set in uh, to, to yeah. some degree. Yeah. He, I mean, it, I've been yelling about this guy for, I mean, he's, he's, if he just plays hard, it's very difficult for him not to get 20 points. You know, he's such a good athlete. Um, and so I think he's playing more free this year, uh, which, as you said, could be very much a, you know, a product of really understanding their system. But sorry yeah. to jump well, in. Yeah, no, no, there's just, I mean, there's just so much to cover. And it's like, even last year, so you look at, it's funny, we'll talk about the Wolves and we'll talk about, I mean, they were playing the Kings, so like the Kings sort of tangent will be brought up regardless. But like in bad seasons, down seasons, what do you get out of them? Like in Sacramento, they never get anything out of them. In in Golden State, 
guys like Damian Lee got minutes. You know, yeah. he's a contributor now. He's he's somebody that you can look at and say, hey, I can get ten to fifteen solid minutes out of this guy, and and perhaps in a playoff setting. Uh, Jordan Poole, yeah, I mean the improvement is off the charts. And then you go to Andrew Wiggins, and it's all the culture. You know, and and people can pick on Kerr and people can pick on the Warriors for various things. You know, what team can't you do that with? But they have developed this kind of juggernaut, you know, in in the making. And this was the season that when you looked at just the big three, you know, these guys yeah. have been in together forever. They they're not getting any younger. Like right. the, there was no question that this would be a motivating year for them to get out and right make something happen. So you get clay coming back, you know, and, and I mean, are there any worries at all about clay in terms of like how he comes back? I mean, there's, there's uh, worries about his physical, but yeah, I would imagine, like I thought that clay for such a dominant shooter that really didn't have a go to the basket game coming into the league He's really improved that every single year to where he could go with both hands hard to the bucket. He has a great pull-up. He had the pull-up game and, you know, what he does on the post. So I would imagine the only thing that you would see is him revert back to shooting a lot more and less going to the rim as hard just because we're talking about, you know, knee and lower leg injuries I could see that taking a while and it might not come back this year, <laughs> but if all you're getting is clay Thompson that shoots a lot, you're still doing okay. <laughs> so if that's the, if that's the trade-off is that, okay, he's not going to take it to the, to the rim as much, but he's still just going to be clay Thompson, the shooter. I think you'll live with that. Like, if, if, if he came back and he couldn't hit a bucket, like it would still take the league two months, maybe more to like right. adjust and be like, okay, he can't shoot anymore guys. Like you, yeah. you don't have to stand right next to him. And not, you, who's going to take that risk. Who's going to be the coach to be like, he's cause we've seen clay have bad, bad streaks, right? He has those four, four game, five game skids. And then what happens? <laughs> then he goes like 37. Points. <laughs> so it's like to be the coach that says, yeah, he's washed. Let's leave them open. I, I don't see it happening. And especially in a system that's the system is the system and it just develops shots. It's, you know, these guys are going to know how to get him shots. So that that piece really, I mean, the fact that they're 12 and two and yeah, we talked about the schedule. It's early, blah, blah, blah. But like they're going to add a big, big, big piece. And, you know, we haven't even really gotten to Draymond, who, by the way, if you talk about the Nets, to me, like if you ask me who's going to win Warriors Nets in the finals, if that's what it was, if I know Draymond Green is healthy, I I take the Warriors. I don't even think I have a question about it. And and it's because like Kevin Durant is doing Kevin Durant stuff, and he's getting to the point where like even a lot of our long term complaints about Kevin Durant like have faded a tiny bit. You know, where he gets the ball, how he catches the ball, you know, what does he do with it? You know, a lot of that stuff, to me at least, and, and maybe I've lightened up a little bit on him over the years. Um, to me, that stuff's gone. So he's like an offense unto himself. But you throw Draymond on him. Draymond knows how to, like, take away all the easy stuff. 
Yeah, and he could push him off. Yeah, pushes him off to spots that he doesn't necessarily want to be. Um, so, and it's one of those things where what's really, what I've really, what's really come out in glaring fashion a lot when Harden played with Chris Paul and then watching him early this year and last is that he doesn't, he can't really, it's like he doesn't know how to play basketball. Like there are cutting opportunities when, when Kevin Durant gets that ball, you know, in that 15 foot post range and has got his back, there are all sorts of cutting opportunities for, for a guard that's interested in, just playing basketball, but if you only want to play one way and you're just going to be in the stand and watch club, like he, there's no way that James Harden shouldn't be getting like, you know, two to three, like, you know, six points off of cuts whenever Kevin Durant's in the high post. That should be an automatic. And especially as big and strong as he is, like just get down in there and he'll get, and Kevin Durant is a willing passer. Like, this isn't Kevin Durant from year two in OKC. Like, Kevin Durant's a very willing passer, so. Well, on top of that, that, your cut opens up somebody else's easy corner three, you know? It's it's entirely selfish for Harden to play that way. But that's been the book on him forever. So, really, it's it's... It's not surprising that then that forwards me. So like, yeah, we could talk about the the Marcus Aldridge's. We could talk about, you know, Blake Griffin because those guys are absolutely going to play big roles for this team. We haven't seen Nicholas Claxton yet. He's been right. sick. I mean, I feel like he's got to play a big role for them to be compelling. Um, Joe Harris is probably washed. Probably yeah. question mark. Probably. Um, I mean, he's out right now with an injury, but I don't know. I'm not counting on him for much. Bruce Brown, I like a lot. Um, yeah. But then this, to me, it all just comes back to Kyrie, which is funny. Just this kind of weird Kyrie, you know, thing where like you go back to when they won the championship, he was the piece that made it work. And it's so yes. funny. Cause like, he's just, he's just, I mean, he's he's Kyrie. <laughs> does he does he make other people better? I I I don't know. Yeah, probably he's that good. But like, does he do it to capacity? Um, no. And I, and again, have he's like a, he's a guy that can just be a catch and shoot player. You know, if if someone else has got it going, Harden is not that. And really, the problem is just the money. Those three guys just make so much money. They're so the depth of this team. I mean, you're talking about like, I mean, to think that you're gonna have to play Lamarcus Aldridge in a high-end playoff series like 20 minutes a game mm. should be frightening. That he should be like <laughs> he can't on. cover a basic pick and roll. Yeah, he can't do anything. I mean, they, he wasn't a good defender when he was young. I mean, like now he, I mean, his hips, I mean, like I'm, I'm getting, might be getting a little too, you know, technical, but his hips and flexibility and his hip flexors and ability to move laterally, it's, it's almost looks like he's, he's like coming back from a, um, 
like a car accident or something where he's got such like bad back and uh, hip pain. I mean, he can't get down in a basic defensive stance for more than like a second and a half. It's it's really troubling. So I don't know what they're going to do from a big perspective. Now you're talking about what's what are you going to give Blake Griffin 30 minutes a game? Like, what, what, you know, what are they going to do? I just don't understand Blake's probably going to have one of those, like, nobody expects him to do anything, and he's, like, not that bad. You know, he's, like, just maybe a hair above terrible, and, and everybody's going to celebrate it. Because um, all I can do now is just take charges and, you know, do a dribble handoff and, and shoot the occasional three. Um, and and his style of play, to me, doesn't really work in the playoffs either. You know, it's a lot of like, I want to try to get the ref to get me a call here because I can't really beat him on my own. <laughs> it's ugly. Uh, and so Kyrie, to me, is still that that one unknown factor because if he gets hot, if he, you know, if you pair it all correctly where you go, you know, heavy KD, heavy Kyrie, and Harden can just be sort of like not as bad as what we're seeing then they can be a little bit compelling there. And then I might have at least a little little pause before I pick the Warriors over them. But that's, I mean, that's the East for you. You know, it's Brooklyn, Milwaukee, who's seven and eight right now without a lot of key guys. Um, they're going to probably just take half the season off and then, you know, gear up for the playoffs. It, it, you know, you got those two teams and probably just Chicago, if we're if we're spitballing uh, here, Chicago, yeah, um, Miami. Yeah. Pardon me, Miami. I, I I shouldn't have been so flippant about that. Miami, I like a lot. Yeah, Miami. They're you know, they're they're in a interesting situation. I, I I they're obviously well coached. They have a defensive mindset, but for me, the whole their whole season's got to be is going to be about a. Uh, is about Batman Abayo. Mm. Um, he cannot, he just can't be a great defender and a guy that can do some things here. He is, he has to have an all-stars mindset. He ha he has to go out with the intention of scoring 22 points every and, single game. And that's a huge every, ask. Yeah, but it, it's, it's, it is, but, it, but for the way this team is constructed, I don't see any other way. No, you're absolutely right. I'm, I'm with you 100. percent But what I'm, I, what I've noticed out of Bam is I don't think he's got it upstairs, you know, right. competitively to do it. Is he's going to have to develop it all year? Because you're right, he's 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 the one unique piece. Like you can't rely on Jimmy Butler or even Kyle Lowry to get shots in a playoff atmosphere. Like I can see these playoff games be like 85 to 84. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, and and but, but he's with, the but he's the one guy, yeah, guy that causes matchups. You know, if they can, you know, get that uh, you know, dribble handoff thing that they used to have going with um, who am I thinking of? You I got decided on my hero, Duncan. So the, the dude, the, who's the kid they used to have? The European kid. Uh, you it's know, a, they had the devastating dribble handoff two years about, ago. In, in Miami, you don't know either. Uh, you know he, he was from Phoenix. Uh, you talking Dragic? Yeah, 
That guy, <laughs> you, know? you called him a kid. He's old. <laughs> he's a kid compared to me. <laughs> yeah, he's yeah. a kid compared to. Me. <laughs> well, and, and then in, right. in our cognitive decline over here, who, who, Gordon? What is his name? <laughs> you know what's scary? And you know what? I want to add Toronto to the list, even though they're seven and eight and all sorts of weird. Like they they're playing pretty competitive ball, and like Goran just shows up every once in a while. He's like, "I'll play today." You know, we'll showcase him today. Um, because they're really fun and, and unique. And and then in terms of a playoff setting, those guys. I mean, defensively, teams are going to be really struggling to get around all those arms and legs and do something. And, and that's really in a playoff setting, just can you get your own shot is, is huge. And that's why the Nets, to me, will rise above, you know. Although we got to talk about the Bulls at some point, man. Not in this show. Um, there's something cooking there. And... They're a piece or two away, but to have those three guys, like Lonzo Ball, I was watching them last night, and I was thinking, you know, it used to be the joke in Sacramento that Darren Fox was was punking Lonzo Ball all the time. If I was picking right now, I'd take Lonzo Ball. Ooh, that is... Uh... I, I, I wanted to wait until you were here for that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, that's not crazy. It's not even close to crazy. I mean, if you want to talk about, like, you know, length and defensive impact, um, he's a better passer. I think he um, understands the game a lot more. He does. And he, and then if you also want to uh, take health into consideration, it would be, be pretty tough to take De'Aaron. And it, it, it's hard. De'Aaron's one of those players that, you know, I love watching, but it's another one of those things of like, when's the last time that he put like six good games together in a row? You know, like it's a, and you could blame coaching and all this, but at some point as a professional, you have to take some respect responsibility for what you're doing on the floor, especially if you're a point guard. I, I, <laughs> you know, I feel bad for that, him. You're the one person that can, can say F you to the coach. And, and really do what you well, want to he do. he has in a way. It's really funny. He has done this in a way. He's sort of said F you to the coach, but he wanted to become this complete player. And it's like he completely said, I don't want to run. I don't want to be known as the running guy and try to play in a half court. And then it all sort of fell apart on him. Like he lost confidence in his shot. He gained a bunch of weight to, to do this Euro step, which is basically, you know, Harrison Barnes has made a huge impact with this Euro step. And the gather step, everybody learning how to take advantage of the gather step. It's like he's like, I know I can't shoot over the top of people, so I want to be able to go left, right, and around them and take contact and finish. And so he put on a bunch of weight, and he's not as fast anymore. And it's, it's a weird thing because he was one of the top young players in the league. Um, watching Lonzo play, I'm just like, he's playing winning ball. He can shoot now. You know, it's, it's he's been able to shoot yeah. for a while, but like right now, I like there's certain sh- shot profiles where you're like he's never gonna miss. It feels like, and so next to Levine and next to um, Demar Derozan, who's kind of having his peak season right now, Chicago missing pieces. You know, they they got issues up front, but 
compelling at 10 and five. Uh, but real quick, before we, we, we go on, on Brooklyn and, and Golden State, did we miss any aspect here? I mean, I was basically just trying to say that Kyrie's a wild card that can kind of throw them back into a higher level of contention that, you know, we, we still really haven't given the Bucks their credit for being a team that really, I mean, if Giannis is making free throws, it, they, they get compelling really fast. Um, the, the Bucks, my team to beat in the East, that's who I would say is going to come out of there. Um, but if the, if the Nets are somehow able to, to work that, let's say Kyrie comes back and they were able to overwhelm them, um, I, one one piece that we did on the Warriors side, which they haven't had, because Kyrie also gives Clay and Andre Iguodala fits. Usually, guys that big, when they're playing a dominant small score, they usually have the advantage. Kyrie just kills the Warriors. But this uh, Peyton the second, the mm. Warriors, no, he this guy can Love get him. in your drawers. Love he this can dude. get in your drawers. And I don't. The Warriors have not had that guy to do battle with Kyrie ever. So that that would be the one thing that whatever Kyrie would give you, that they have a guy that you are definitely going to leave on an island with Kyrie. I I wouldn't even think about unless it's like meeting him directly at the rim. I wouldn't even consider throwing any sort of help to Peyton II. That guy is a dog, and he is strong, and he is quick, and he is explosive. So that, that I want Kyrie to come back simply, so, and then they get to the finals simply so I can see that matchup. Well, and I love how the Warriors can make a guy like that who's really bounced around the league. I mean, let's be honest. like and yeah. But they're going to make him look good, and he might now have a consistent job going forward you know, for an NBA team, if not the Warriors. Uh, I would also use, like to use this time to say that I got to cover his uncle, I, w- I was called upon to cover his uncle. And uh, that's like my one basketball moment that I can hang my hat on. So, uh, okay, I'm done with that. All right. Um, moving on. Actually, real quick out of the West, I just want one, since we did take some time on the Warriors and we did kind of position them as favorites. How are you feeling about the West? Just real quick on a favorite to come out of the West. Do you think it's the Warriors? Are you looking at Phoenix and thinking that they're the favorite? Uh, they, they will be an issue. The, the West is a real, they're really dropped off. I mean, I think that. That's crazy, I right? I don't, I don't take Utah too seriously. Denver, I really like when, when Murray comes back, but who knows when that is, and he might take some time. So I would like them, but they're probably a year away. Paul George is playing out of his mind, but I don't think there's a lot of help there. I mean, I think that it's, it's got to be – Kawhi has got to be back, and I, and I don't know when that's happening. And I don't know if he changes. I mean, there's a de- I mean, there's a definite divaness to him that doesn't seem to work <laughs> in the in the clipper locker room you know so it's going to be interesting so i i personally think it's a two-team race i personally think it's going to be uh golden state and, and phoenix and, and the lakers are just not even in that conversation it, it's no, hilarious no, no, they're no, not no. and it's it's uh, there's gonna be a spectacular absolutely. disaster that, no, that it's I, a, they no, they can't defend the they can't defend a high end high school team right now. Honestly, I mean, honest to God, 
Dude, I'm just looking. For, I want to like put down a chair and grab a beer and just watch that explode. It's a, it, it's a, it, I mean, like we both the second that this happened, we that that you know the roster was constructed and Westbrook and everything, and we both were like, this isn't going to work. This isn't work. It is a million times worse than I thought. It is a million times worse. I, I, the, the under on their win total was like, I was like, can I, how much money can I shove into this bet? <laughs> and and, and what, what scares me as a Laker fan is like, because we've been spoiled, LeBron is getting the old man injuries. Mm-hmm. Of these, of these really young, you know, high school first year guys that are ready to play and playing a lot of minutes from the time that they're 19 on, like it really reminds me of Kobe, where of like just old man, and he had you know one injury, then he just started getting these old man injuries, and the, it it just starts to go. It's undefeated, you know, when, when man. You're this when you're this old, and and you're talking about. A high ankle sprain from last, which is already a tricky injury even for a young guy. And now it's just like now there's always something. So the the whole construction of this roster was dependent on him being great LeBron. And that's just not the case. And, you know, Mr. 75 street clothes is not really stepping up to the plate. So. <laughs> But, yeah, it's. So it's, we'll get back to them. Yeah, no, it's it's just I, I just wanted to be official about our prognostications here that the Lakers are completely screwed, um, and so they that's that's I mean I that's really, it's a good I, I like the fact that the East has more interesting teams because I'm tired of talking about the West in that way, yeah. Um, yeah. and and I I would love to in a future podcast spend some time on Toronto and Chicago because I think those two teams have some just really like jumping off the page, interesting stuff going on um, with some obvious challenges, but I like finding the under the radar stuff always. Um, So let's move on to another under the radar thing, which is Carl Anthony Towns has kind of been given uh, like, I want to call it like an acceptable pass. Like I think seven family members died during COVID. Um, Yeah. And and then the last season was absolutely just a total, you know, bleep show for him. Um, understandably so. And so he's come back. He's put some weight back on. But the Minnesota Timberwolves are are if not for the Kings and some other bad franchises out there, I mean, they're just kind of a laughing stock in in many ways. And they just got bought which is always going to be weird. There's going to be a transitionary thing and you know, the new owners don't know anything and how good will they be and, and, and all of that. But like this question of like, what do you do with these guys? You know, like you, you brought in D'Angelo Russell. That was a franchise just crushing move in many ways. Um, but Carl Anthony Towns sits at the middle of this as, as the guy. I mean, we said it at the top. It was, you know, the guy everybody wanted to build around. Watching him play last night against the Kings, I saw a guy that literally couldn't have cared less. It was funny. Like, he did a behind-the-back pass, threw the thing out of bounds. It was just this thing of beauty. Like, you realize this is an NBA game, dude. <laughs> like, what are you doing out there? 
Globetrotters visiting Sacramento City College, you know. <laughs> it was it was hilarious. It was exactly that. And and I and I gotta think he's just fed up because like, you know, he's he's playing with D'Angelo Russell, who's apparently his buddy. You know, um He was a, he was a big force to get him there. Right, yeah. <laughs> like I kinda he just was, think yeah, he he brought him there. I kind of think he, he just is like so fed up with everything that he's like, yeah, I can throw behind the back pass five, you know, it wasn't even five feet. It was like 10 feet away from the guy and in, into the stands and at a critical moment in the game where they really needed to take control and they hadn't done so yet. And, and he did that probably, you know, in terms of just stupid turnovers. I think he had six turnovers in this game. He probably had like four really just like, the kind of turnovers that cru- that crush your team because like the, the eighth or ninth and the, the 10th man on the roster, if they did that, they get yanked and they're looking at this stuff and going, what, what if I did that dude? Like, and you're going to just sit there and just do that and not care, you know, four or five times. Um, and, and, and even defensively, like a number of like pick and roll plays where, you know, you, you got to get up there and, and get hustle up and either get level with the screen or whatever your strategy is and, and, and just be quick. You know, he, he was like two seconds late on, on a number of these, these plays. Cause he's just jogging up there, you know, kind of looking away from the ball and not really seeing the action. So I don't know what he is anymore. Like there's definitely a skill set and a, a talent package there. I don't know that he's top 25 player in the league. Yeah. I mean, yeah, to me, he's got to go. To me, it's not even a, to me, he's got to go. One, he's still got the good shine on him for a lot of franchises. And if you could get him to a place where he's going to be the number two, I think that that might really help, and you can get a king's ransom for him. He has, you're paying him like a number one. You're including him in roster moves as you would a guy that is a great, great player who is dedicated and gives it everything he has. So you're you're paying him like a number one. You're treating him like a number one, and 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 I'm just you know look, quite frankly his his play had long declined. I, I feel bad for him and what was going through with his family. But this, what the defensive effort and the rebounding effort and just really just being very lackadaisical in the offense approach, that was before COVID. The, the, no one, you can, that was before COVID happened. So he's just not a franchise guy. He's not a guy that you can say, guy at the number one spot is going to, we could ride him to a championship. He's just not. And I, I'm not convinced that he's at number two, quite honestly. Um, so, to me, yeah, I felt, when you have... I thought 25 was generous when I just said that. You know, so, so it's like, if you have, a, if you have a, a guy like Edwards, who, like, this is a dude. I mean, this guy is a bully, and he's tough. He could do everything you want on the court. He's got an attitude. And... I don't want a Carl Anthony Towns as the as the centerpiece of my team showing this kid that this is how you can play and this is how you can act as a professional and 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 it's acceptable. So to save Anthony Edwards, <laughs> he's got to go. 
He well, has got to go. <laughs> that's what, in my opinion, what, when watching that game last night, because Walton's on the hot seat, right? Like that report came out a couple games ago, and I'm watching the Wolves, and I'm like, I have not seen. And I've watched a lot of Kings basketball in my life. And I'm watching the Wolves, and I'm like, I have not seen basketball this bad in a very long time. Um, and they were they were winning, and I was pointing out to the Kings fans, like, by the way, <laughs> you guys are losing to that. And um, it, it was just wild to see the tenor of how they were playing, but it, it comes back to the Cats, and it comes back to the D'Angelo Russells, and it filters down into the Malik Beasleys, and, and everybody's just taking these terrible shots and has no idea what they're doing on the floor. Hell, Patrick Beverly was doing it. You know, that's how yeah. bad that gets when yeah. it gets that way. Yeah. And, and so to your point, like, if you're a smart general manager – you know, you sense this a mile away five years ago, but you're like, okay, I don't want this to infiltrate my team. And, and there's a story for every bad franchise in the league. You know, there's a story like this that's driving why they continue to be bad. And it, 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 to, to me, so Anthony Edwards, you're sold. I'm 100% sold on this kid. Isn't that crazy? 100%. That's not even a like, I think I've seen him play between last year and this year, maybe I've seen him play four times. It's a wrap. It's it, a wrap. This it, guy's going to be a top five player, and you got to go. This, this, is a, this, is, this is a done deal. You know, as long as he, again, as long as you have the right structure in your organization, you have a coaching staff that's supported that can coach him hard, you have people making wise moves, and you don't have this just black this attitude from your from your so-called best player. I mean, when you got Malik Beasley out there taking crazy shots and not giving effort like that, how how is Malik Beasley getting his mind that he can play at fifty percent? His whole career, he's made a career on hustling and doing all this stuff, and now he's just like whatever. I that, mean, that's bad. That was the indictment that's... of the Kings because in that same game, Chemezi Medu took a couple over optimistic bad shots to start the third quarter. And I like the way you put that. Yeah. Right. So I'm going to steal that. It's very <laughs> over optimistic. <laughs> because, you know, they weren't like all the way bad shots, but they were really, they were for the time, time and score, right. Beginning of the third, you want to establish he's starting right now. He's like, you know, establish a good tempo. And he, he took a spin, a spin fade away from like 16 feet on the sideline. And then he took a quick three and it was like the third three he took was actually in rhythm, but he missed it. And that was the funny part. Walton yanks him, makes this young player feel you know bad or whatever. But and you can make the argument about tough love or whatever. But like nobody on the Kings, not De'Aaron Fox, not Harrison Barnes, not one of the veterans walked over to Medu and said, not now. This yeah. isn't this isn't what we do here. You know, and that's what a Carl Anthony Towns would need to be doing, not just with himself, but also with, you know, down down the rotation and down the lineup. But they're not even close <laughs> to that right. level of of understanding about anything. And 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 that's funny that you know, there's probably a little Kentucky problem there. You know, when yeah. you when you look yeah. at a lot of these guys. Uh, Anthony Edwards, though, he comes in and he just looks like a million bucks because he has that dog mentality. And it's 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 fun and it's refreshing. And it, especially considering like people try to tag him with like the bad attitude 
coming out of college and and he's like nope got this yeah and like yeah to me i i mean i just when he like i know he was tagged as like is that like i remember the, the big comparison we were saying was like joe johnson and he very much is in the way that he uses his body and like he could really he really moves to spots efficiently but like he's like way bigger than joe johnson and a million times more explosive than joe johnson he gonna be like, big it's like i mean in, I in mean, like five can, seven years he can carry it it's not like you know when you're when i look at him i'm like i don't think like i mean there's a possibility he could eat himself out of the league but he it's like muscle he just doesn't like he's just not as ripped as some people you know he's a he's a yeah like miles bridges he might he might end up a lot like miles bridges like if if he fills out if he because miles bridges is pretty yoked now And, and, and miles bridges is probably bigger as a rookie second year player than Anthony Edwards. But yeah, I, I, to me, to me, uh, I, I just think that this kid, you have something, this guy, and he wants to be the number one. He wants to have games where he goes six for 25 and then comes back with another 25 shots the next game. Like he is a number one mentality. He likes to get to the rim. And, and and that's something, yeah. you know, Carl Anthony Towns has improved in that area, but I kind of feel like it's, there's, there's, he has to sell out all the way to do it. And, and it's maybe a, like a reaction to being called soft throughout yeah. his career or a reaction to shooting all of those bad threes. Cause there's a lot of times he just shoots a bad three and, you know, everybody on the team shrunks their shoulders and it's like, Ah, uh, why'd you do that? You know, you can get to the rim whenever you want for the most part. Like, you know, go down and do that. But he just, you know, settles, and so it's not a, it's not as tough of a game as Anthony Edwards plays. Um, it's it's it, I think the the last piece I would like to add is like so much of this in this league is about recognizing what you have five years ago. You know, and and if you could have moved Carl Anthony Towns. Four, three, three, four years ago, you would have gotten so much for him, and and these guys will hang on, and they will, you know, especially with new ownership. Like, are they even going to be allowed to trade at Carl Anthony Towns? You know, until they get settled I mean, in. Uh, yeah, I still, I yeah, as of, I mean, like as of this second, I still think you can get a ton for him. Because, like, sports, you know, finding in sports, like, so much personal bias goes in to, like, front office decisions and coaching decisions. And, like, if you see a guy twice a year and he kills you, a lot of times people don't care that the other 80 games he was terrible. Like, they, you know, if they've got a certain reputation and when he came to town – He's beating the crap out of you. It's like people don't care. Like, oh, man, we got to get that guy. I still think there's enough teams in the league that have seen the best of Carl Anthony Towns that would definitely still, and especially if they have a legitimate number one guy, I think there's still enough teams in the league 
that would be like, yeah, if we get this guy, this is the piece. But you got to move quick because it's it's getting it's just worse and worse every single time they're out there. I would argue <laughs> that by the end of this season that that will have happened to a to a big degree. That he won't. That he, you're not going to get anything back for him. No, you'll get something back, and and I don't have his contract in front of me, so I don't know exactly how many years are left. And and gen- generally speaking, players are worth the contract at his. If we're going to say he's top thirty, top forty in the NBA, like you're not going to get totally just reamed by one guy on your team with that kind of a contract. Um, yes, yeah, so he's got he's got through twenty three, twenty four. Okay, so that's that's pretty decent it's not like a five-year you know starting today max it's not a ben simmons deal um so but still i think like there will be enough of the like question marks in the media about what his game is like to take him from like top tier i think people still see him as top tier and they do and that that's so valuable because again to your point these decision makers are not good at this at about half of nba teams i mean let's just be real they're just not and it's for whatever those reasons are a lot of it's business i mean to get a guy i gotta sign another guy from your your roster stuff is very much a part of it and I get that. But. Yeah. So some of these guys have their hands tied behind their back, but then a lot of them have like an owner's son who who went to the game and saw Carl Anthony Towns do really well. And they're like, we got to get that guy. <laughs> not Dad, saying, Dad, not saying who. Me. Dad, I got this. Dad, you don't love me. <laughs> okay. I want to get your take on Jokic and Morris. Like, people have been talking about it for a while it's it's a little old but like i, I i'm just curious what your thoughts are oh my my only problem with the Jokic morris thing is that Jokic didn't hit him harder <laughs> that, that's, uh, that's my problem and these two these dudes have been running around the nba playing tough guy cheap shots because they're, they're tougher than the than 90 percent of the nba they're acting like they're tough guys well, he got a piece of a tough guy and everybody, I mean, Jimmy Butler looked like he hit his mom or something, you know, like, <laughs> like, dude, it was a cheap shot. Like, what if, what if he turned a little bit more and like, and, and Morris had broke Jokic's rib, Th- uh, then would we be even remotely talking about anything but how awful Morris was, but they get it, but he gets it passed because, because Jokic is bigger than him. Jokic should have knocked him the hell out and should have jumped on top of him and started pummeling him into the ground. <laughs> this stuff's got to stop. This stuff is. If you're gonna say, if you're gonna say the NBA, we are, we don't want physical play, we won't, we don't want this. Do something about it, and then you don't even suspend the guy. Come on, uh, come on. Yeah, I, I stand standing ovation for Jokic for hitting that guy. I'm standing so glad ovation. this landed on the on the discussion list because this is like classic. I don't know. It's classic, you know, NBA got soft and all that, but like they, because his head snapped back, right? That was like head. So now it became head and spine. And my analysis on it as it was happening, because I didn't see the anything leading up to it. And I was just kind of like, I don't know what's going on here, but I saw the replay and it's like, yeah, because his head snapped back, that's going to be a suspension and, you know, neck spine, you know, that's why they'll do it. But the idea that Marcus or, or Markeith Morris gets any 
any just benefit of any doubt on anything is laughable. Like these guys are cheap shot artists. They've been that their entire career. It's it's it. And so to your point, like teams taking shots at Jokic has been a thing, you know, it makes sense strategically to do so. He's, he's a guy that will respond so you can get under his skin. And that's all they were trying to do there. Minus whatever crap talking. See, I'm being better at swearing that they're, they're doing during the game that got it to that point. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, if, if, if you take a shot at somebody, if you take the, if you cross the line and do a cheap shot, which was what that foul was by, by Mar, uh, Marcus Morris, you, I don't, I, I, I don't like the idea that punches are not allowed. Yeah. Like that there's some rule against it. And, it was funny because I was watching um, a basketball game with Sky, my 2.3-year-old son, and a UFC commercial came on. And, and it was just like glorifying violence left and right. And I was like, I was, it was like blood like splatters on the screen. <laughs> and I was like, why do you put this commercial on? I'm not 100% sure I want my son to see this. I don't understand it yet. Like, I, I don't understand if this is a good thing or a, a non-bad thing or what, what it, whatever it is. Um, you know, combat sports are, you know, an honorable thing in many ways. And then um, the idea that, that we've legislated fighting out of the game, you know, sure, we should be teaching people and our kids not to solve things with violence. But I wonder where the line stops yeah. with that. I mean, I, this, this, like this was not a basketball play. Like, I don't understand why a push or a shove is so much more egregious than, like, throwing your elbow at a guy's ribs when he's got his arms above his head, you know, in a shooting motion. Like, how how is punching him any less violent? It, I, I, don't, I mean, any more violent. I don't, I don't understand. That, that, that's what I, like, what if he had jumped and he came down and twisted his ankle? Like, the, the NBA, one of the problems with the NBA is there's too much of the punishment, whether it's for, you know, flagrant fouls has to do with like how the guy lands yeah, optics. or the, like optics of it. Like, dude, like that could have really hurt Yoke. So we're going to take, we're going to let a, 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 a freaking journeyman take shots at the MVP of the league. And you're oh, and the league's okay with it. Cause they give him a, what would he get a $50,000 fine and didn't miss a game. Wait, what 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 benefit? What, what's the why would Mark? Why would Morris not do it again? Well, exactly. He might not. He, he might not do it to Jokic again, but he, he might. What's to stop him from doing it to Durant or somebody else? It's who this, he knows isn't going to. It's this trend line in sports. It's happened in football too, which I don't watch at all. So I'm completely out of my element with this. Um, but like the legislation of sports through replay and like the definition of what a catch is and 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 all of this like trying to deal with again it's optics like the the reason that Jokic got criticized and Markeith Morris got off was just the way they went about it like Markeith hid it so what we're saying is because he hid his aggression and his violence and he put it you know under the radar a little bit that is somehow better than if somebody opens up full throttle and and shows that emotion or shows 
a lack of hiding it and into you know in the football sense like they're like does the ball you know bobble or whatever and it gets so far away from was it a catch it's it's this weird american thing and i don't know maybe it does happen in other countries where we just got to over litigate everything to to the t and and we you get away from the main point which is this guy walked over did a cheap shot could have could have injured him and at, at the end of the day, defending oneself, and this kind of ties it back into like, are we teaching our kids something? You know, maybe that's always the, the, be- the bellwether, the measurement is like, are we being a good example for our kids or those around us? If somebody takes a cheap shot at you, what do you do? Do you file like a, like a, a letter with your, your mayor or something or the, you know, call the police and, and have them look into it or... You know, do you, do you tell their parents or, you know, what, what exactly do you do? And, and I still kind of land on the side of like, you know, when my kid's in school, if, if there's a bully that's picking on them, you know, hit them back. I don't know. Because so at some point you have to, right? Because, I mean, you look at this roster. Who's going to do anything to Morris? Right? Like, who, who really could do something? Okay, Aaron Gordon, Gordon could. Possibly. Other mm-hmm. than that, bull, bull. there's not a lot. <laughs> yeah, what you, what you think? Bull Bull's going to jump off? Start mixing it up? Dude, you know? maybe he's got like some crazy job, Morris. man. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's like the size of Morris's, like, thigh, you know? Like, you know, what do you do? Like, he, like and it's almost, like, strategic. Like, he really didn't think, he really was counting on the fact that Jokic is, like one of the best players in the league and that Jokic would like maybe, you know, flip out a little bit, but wouldn't, he didn't think he was going to go that far. They do this all all. the time. This is, this is their shtick. Like (laughs) if they don't do it, they don't even feel like they're NBA players. It feels like, and, and, and that's the funny part about it was like, there's something about Jokic that's that, and that speaks to his championship pedigree. He was about to kill him. And yeah, and and there was nothing fake about it, and and I love that about him. And yeah. his his brothers are, you know, maybe not all that there. Up, you know, all, all the they're not all there. Yeah, he's the he's the nice one of the brothers. <laughs> Dude, they t- <laughs> the brothers. they created a Twitter account called Jokic Brothers. <laughs> Dude, we will meet you in the he... parking lot. <laughs> God. Yeah, out of the Jokic brothers, he he's the calm, collective one. So <laughs> he's the one that likes horses, you know. Yeah, like, yeah. he's the one that's daisies in the flower so, in the field. So, uh, but yeah, don't get yeah, him yeah, mad uh, because you don't want that. Like Jokic, yeah. I, I, I mean, seriously, like I made me think after that. I was like, okay, if I'm picking fighters, you know, choose your fighter in the NBA. Jokic would be pretty high up there. Oh yeah. And, and any, the, any, any of those, any, like the Eastern block, you got a good, it's a good starting point because they like had to like, you know, wade through snow and flip flops and, you know, when they were kids, I, they, it's just, those are, that's a group of people like you don't really want to like get on the wrong side of. No, no, definitely not the Jokic brothers. Uh, okay. Last thing here. Uh, top 75. Um, I'm going to find my list so I can bitch and moan here. So we'll, we'll go through some bitches and some moans and, uh, you know, not get too deep into it, but like, 
Yeah. Uh, I mean, there was a couple. I thought they made like a I mean, I was glad that Dominique was on there. He should have been on the last one. But to me, the glaring one's Anthony Davis. I mean, that one, mm. I just, I mean, we're, we're watching right now the, the proof of him the not being a top Yeah, the so-called peak. <laughs> you know, I mean, this is a dude in his prime. They've got, what, like a four-game losing streak. He can't do anything. I mean, like, he's never around. I mean, he never plays. The guy had one good, you know, I wouldn't. I mean, he still didn't show up a couple of games of those NBA Finals. I mean, how the hell you could have that guy over? I mean, a host of people is just it's just beyond me. It is beyond me. Like if you take Anthony Davis out of the league, you can tell the league story forever, and nothing happens. I, I don't have all <laughs> the the snubs. Like I'm sure somebody put together a list of snubs. That's what you do when these things come uh, well, out. Then, you know, Howard was the big one. I'm not. I that, look. I, I get Dwight Howard. Like, and here's the thing: there was a little bit of a, a blind spot for me during the prime of his career, where I wasn't just plugged in. You know, I. So I feel like a little disadvantaged. I'd love to go back and watch some Dwight Howard film. Um, you know, through those years to get a real sense for how he moved and and what he shut off defensively. Um. But he's never had it upstairs. Yeah, and that's that's fine. But the numbers are the numbers. I mean, the guy led the league in rebounding, I don't know how many times, blocked shots. You know, he was the best team. He was the best player. I'm looking at this list, and Russell I mean, Westbrook is on it. Sorry, sorry. Just, yeah, Russell Westbrook, that's another one that, you know. <laughs> like, I would have, I would have a, Howard in over Westbrook any day of the week. So, there you got me. Uh, yeah, I mean, you, you got – He's, there's a guy that's like, you know, he, he got an MVP because he put together a, a, a season in these arbitrary category. Yeah, <laughs> well, because everybody's shooting threes and long rebounds and they wanted him to push the pace. And, like, you know, you had centers boxing out without caring about getting the rebound because they wanted Russell to grab it. And, yeah. and there's, there's so much of that that, you know, that I think is so funny whenever they compare, like, you know, triple doubles of the guys now to triple doubles. Like a triple double today is certainly not the same as a Magic Johnson triple double. Oh, when no. you had a bunch of seven footers, you know, An and eighty pace yeah, or something. <laughs> you know, it's like it's just not. Yeah, they're getting so many more shots, so many more long rebounds. It's like shot clock resets to fourteen now. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's 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 getting to be out of hand. I mean, just call. It's fun. It's a triple double, yes, but like it's a difference between this one and that one. What did you and think? Yes. What did you think about Carmelo Anthony on the list? I mean, not for me. I'll just. I mean, I asked the question, so you probably knew before I said it. But yeah. it's it's just you know he's a scorer. I mean, how many? Who could you compare like, him to on this list? Like, like I mean, at you his- could. At his prime, I mean, he was just a scorer, right? So, okay, so, like, maybe Dominique is a good comparison. But Dominique got to a Game 7 of the Eastern Conference title game and lost to the Celtics when the next best player on the team was, like, John Conkak. You know, like, like, so... You get an angry letter from John Conkak's mom. Um, Yeah, right. 
<laughs> so I'm I'm gonna go ahead and say that like Dominique almost beating Bird McHale and Parrish is a little more impressive than Carmelo. I mean, what did he do as the best player on New York? Did they even get to the second round ever? I mean, did, I, I mean, I, I, honestly, I don't I don't really remember them winning. They, the they got to the. I mean, in Denver, they got to the Western Conference Finals. That team was stacked. Right, 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 right. Yeah, Chauncey Billups and Kenyon Martin and a young J.R. Mm-hmm. Smith. I mean, there was there was a lot going on. That was one of the worst. He should have never left there. <laughs> that was his. That was Carmelo's big thing. He should have never left. Well, and that's also got to be a part of the conversation. Is like that whole transaction, and and I'm definitely not like all on Carmelo. I mean, George Carl's George Carl. Like, uh, yeah, that, that he does not get nearly enough credit for being as toxic as he has been throughout his career for how much in relation to how much he's won. Right. Um, but but yeah, no, that name hit me hard. Like it didn't deserve to be there. Kind of wondering about Steve Nash a little bit, like just the stats. Like, I'm fine. I'm fine with Steve Nash. Um, I'm fine with Steve Nash. I'm fine with Steve. I, 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 I mean, I think that. Yeah, the M. I don't, I I mean, it was I don't know if I'll say. I don't know if I'll say I'm fine with it, but. But but, but given think, the criteria like stats and MVPs and and things like that, I get it. Yeah, like now, if you don't think you deserve the MVPs, then like, then it's a then, then it's you, an open game. Then it's an open game, and that's a perfectly fine thing if you don't think you deserve. Can, can I raise my hand and say I don't know who Dave Bing is? <laughs> yeah, Dave. That's a good question. Now, off the top of my head, I want to say it's like I'm just gonna give him a pass. I'm like I don't know who you are, but you must have been good and. We did a um, a fantasy league once where we did all time stats and we had to dig back through all these uh-huh. old, old players' names and I got a little bit more appreciative of some of them, um, right? But like I don't know who Dolph Shays is, right? I think so. I think Dolph Shays is one of those really early guys. I think he's like in the Mikan era, um, or or like Bill Sharman. <laughs> you got a Bill Sharman take? <laughs> Sherman, I want to say, was a little later than that. Well, here's my my thing is like, and then there's some that like, you know, what's his name is on this list again. Bill Walton is not a good NBA player. He had three good seasons and then he was hurt. He was only scored like 7,000 points. Like the, the, Bill, the Bill Walton NBA great player is is a completely made up thing. <laughs> it's complete. He had, the, he had three good seasons in Portland. The and Walton, then, he, the, then he played like forty games a year after that. It's a complete. It's a complete fabrication that's built on his, you know, those aura. first three and his college career, and and his broadcasting and, career. To be honest, like and, people know him true. because of that, and people know him right. Absolutely. I, I think the Westbrook Absolutely. one might be the most glaring on well, Lillard, here. too. I mean, Lillard was the one that was going to. Uh, and I think I actually appreciate them taking like a player who's in his prime right now and, and trying to just sort of figure out where he would li- where, where he would land in a list like this. And, and there's something to be said for a guy that has like 35 foot range. You know, we haven't really seen that until these last couple of years. And, and it hasn't been there this year. But like he had that cross across the half court line range where it it's really a fascinating 
topic. Just like how, what does that do to another team? We haven't seen it in the past. Okay, so maybe you get a you get an, a, a ticket to this list. Um, here's my yeah, but here's my thing with Lillard is like okay, you had a chance in the in the Western Conference Finals. You had a Durantless Warriors team, and mind you, this is a this is not a deep team. I mean, you can't you take Durant off the floor. You've got like two really good players or three good players, and then it's a big drop-off. They got curb-stomped in that thing. They weren't even close. They, 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 they weren't even close to the Warriors. They got they got swept with a couple of blowouts. They just... I mean, or with five games. I mean, so to me, like, to me, any consideration that you were going to give to Lillard for that list, to me, after that series, you have to take them off. <laughs> That's it. I mean, in, in, in 25 years, throw them on the 100, but right now, there's no way he could be on this list i just i i would take lillard over westbrook just i i can't do the westbrook stuff i i I, at no point in time have i ever thought he was going to be good enough to be like part of anything really like i i I mean i thought he was a top five player i thought i mean maybe at one point but like is top five for a year like is that get you on the top 75 well i mean i think that again i mean i i don't think westbrook should be on the list either but like i think that i mean he definitely was a dominant force i i I can i'll give you that they they both should not be on the list i i thought that they they had some again when you're in that kind of in that organization where like the it's, it's not really a the whole uh, the whole organization you see it with you know New Orleans right now you saw it with Cleveland with LeBron when the whole point of your organization is to make sure that one guy doesn't leave you're not going to be a good team. I'm <laughs> like, not. That's the point. That's the entire point of our organization from now for next six years is to make sure that this guy likes us. You're, you're, you're not going to be a good. Team. I, I, so. I noticed that Clay's not on the list and I remember them talking about that when it happened. I'll give you this. I'll say Westbrook over Anthony Davis. Sure. Oh, yeah. No, no doubt about that. In my opinion, no doubt about that. But uh, well, that's fun. Yeah. You know, I, I like revisiting topics that that everybody talked about like a month ago, and uh, yes. and and but I think we. I think I, I mean, God, I didn't hear anybody talking about all of this stuff. It's like everybody just prays to the the altar of Anthony Davis, you know, and to some degree what Russell Westbrook, um, and they just sort yeah. of. Maybe maybe people talked about it. I don't know, but I don't even think it's close that Anthony Davis is in this realm, right? But I was surprised that I was surprised some of the guys. I was I, I think it's justified, but I was very surprised that Gary Payton got on it. I was I was happy. I was happily surprised. Um, I was surprised that uh, I was almost surprised. I mean, to me, it's a it, Jason Kidd's a no brainer, but I really wasn't sure. Because I think because he played so long and that so many people were just recognize like um, what's going on with the most recent. I thought they were going to forget about his prime. So I was very happy that he was also on the list. Uh, yeah, but overall, these things are stupid. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, these things are stupid. Well, hey, if you think of a snub that should have been on the list, let us know. We'll, yeah. we'll either share in your opinion or laugh at you. 
for your bad opinion. No, just kidding. Um, okay, so uh, this has been fun, Cause. We need to do it more often. We say this all the time. Uh, it's just obviously a su- super busy time all the way around. Um, give us feedback on the um, on the brand update. Give us, uh, you know, um, feedback on the show. You can do that at Twitter, at Cause and Brew Show, K-O-Z-A-N-D-B-R-U Show, if I could talk correctly, and on Facebook, facebook.com slash K-O-Z-A-N-D-B-R-U Show. Another one's in the books. Peace. Peace.